0: Welcome to the Long Come Norwich podcast. I've been speaking to Neil from the For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast about whether or not Norwich can get back to winning ways after two straight defeats. Enjoy. We uh, are welcoming Villa on Saturday. The last time we saw you, we were being uh, applauded by all four stands uh, at Villa Park just before we were going to be you know, crowned champions. And actually, Villa and Norwich don't have a huge history in terms of specific games or, or you know, we've, not, we've never tussled for the title. There was one relegation battle in the 90s, but, um, but actually that, that left a good taste in most fans' mouths. I was there that day um, and, and all the rest of us who travelled were really impressed with the respect that was given um, to, to our team, how many fans stayed behind.
1: Yeah, I think like to be honest with you, you couldn't but respect Norwich the way they played in the championship last year. They were uh, they were a force, you know, they really were under the uh, like the the structure of the team the structure of defense and also the creativity up front was just like it was it was really that's that was the blueprint really that everybody should be playing with to get out of get out of the league and uh you know sometimes you gotta you gotta hold your hand up and we were looking to get into the playoffs at that time and we were we just kind of um secured our playoff position and you know sometimes you just gotta hold your hand up and say listen they were a top top team in the championship and uh it was it was uh yeah it was it, it's nice to be able to appreciate another team and you know not every team needs to have and that doesn't need to be a, a bite to every match i think as well as you mentioned that there is quite a a friendly atmosphere between Norwich and Villa. There's no reason for there to be any animosity. And I did a podcast with, uh, with uh, the Turfcast guys from Burnley last week, and that was kind of along the same lines as well. We were two, uh, two friendly, happy-go-lucky teams, you know, that were playing against each other, and it was just a case of may the best man win. And I think that's the way it's going to be on, uh, on Saturday as well.
0: Well, it's obviously, it's one of the ones that both teams will have circled at the start of the season and said that that if a Villa, if we're going to go away and get points, then we've got to look at the the, the, the promoted boys um, and the teams that were finishing towards the bottom of the table last season. Um, and likewise, this this is a home game that that it's not must win. It's it's way too early in the season for must win. And also mm-hmm. the fact that we picked up points at City and, and Newcastle already, um, or rather against those teams at home, means that it's not exactly a, a six pointer in that way. Uh, but yeah. But for for those boys and girls that are travelling from Villa, um, presumably this is one that they feel we they really do need to to, to get some get some points from.
1: Well absolutely. There were, there's been a sense of it, it, around Villa Park recently. Should have beaten Arsenal. Definitely should have beaten Burnley. Should have gotten a result against uh, against West Ham. Previous to that, doesn't seem like the, the best thing that, that Norwich. The Joker on Villa Park is the best thing any team. Uh, could do is go down to 10 men against Villa because essentially we just don't know how to play against 10 men and it's, it's been quite evident this year I think three times this year uh, we've played against 10 men and we've struggled each, each time um, but saying that we've been a lot of the performances have been very uh, you know they've been very um in, like the, the errors that we've made have been individualistic you know with regards to especially in the in in the, the the arsenal game we we completely and utterly bossed arsenal for a majority of of the first half and in a small bit in portions of the second half but individual errors will cost you in the premier league and that's what we seem team seem to see we just haven't learned how to win we could be villa could realistically be 12 points from the start of the season already um and saying that we've gotten one point I think what Villa are looking to do is build an unbeaten run more so than builds a run of wins because it's just a confidence factor everything is there we've got the talent we've got the players we've got a nice structure to our play at times it's the confidence factor and the fact that who's going to grab it by the scruff of the neck and calm players down if we do have a two-goal lead that goes back to 2-1 or if we have a one-goal lead that goes to one all. Composure isn't quite there. And I don't think that, I think that's what's missing from Villa at the moment. So, you know, obviously you guys have gotten great results, as you mentioned, against Man City and, and Newcastle. We haven't gotten our, our big result to give us that confidence or that kind of where we can puff out our chest and say, yeah, we're back in the big time again. And, and, and I think that's going to be the difference. On Saturday, I think it's going to be a case of Villa would like to get an unbeaten run going. For stability more so than gung-ho to win three four five nil which i don't think would ever be the case anyway but yeah i think that's going to be the mentality with Vila this week
0: yeah i don't i think you you've got you you have got a, a risk of ending up playing against 10, 10 men again not necessarily because of a red card but just because we, we we're so injury prone at the moment mm-hmm. and we have so many players going off we had to change our goalkeeper after you know 20 minutes at the weekend um yeah, and we had to name three goalkeepers in in the um, in the match day squad the other week because we we didn't have enough fit bodies to, yeah. to even fill a bench. So so it is possible that we may we may end up with only ten men through injuries. It, it's been literally diabolical. There was there was um, stories out straight after full time of another very disappointing away day um, last last weekend where, where where potentially our left back uh, Jamal Lewis had. Um, injured his uh, his his elbow, and then um, all of a sudden, social media was alive with the fact that he wasn't wearing a sling. So actually, he might be okay. Um, and, and and so it's just we have just now come to expect um, catastrophe at every turn, uh, and and most people are going to kind of pack their boots when they go to the games for, for the remainder of the season because you might get a game. It, it's just been insane. Um, as for the way the game will go on Saturday, uh, we go into every home game and have done now for pretty much the the second half of last season onwards with, with a smile on our face simply because yes, Villa are, are one of the teams that we would hope to be able to, to, you know, impose our, our, our passing game against and, and be able to to get three points against. But also it's just such a cracking place to watch football at the moment. Um, and the atmosphere is, is, is terrific. Now that, that is one of the things I wanted to touch on with you because, Villa's away support has always been tremendous. There's, you've got some fantastic songs. Um, some of them are quite rude, and the, the but the, 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 the volume that, the, even if they haven't absolutely, you know, sold out, um, the volume that the Villa fans always generate away from home creates a good atmosphere. So even though there's nothing to play for, um, which there has been a few times when, when we've we've played you, I mean, I remember, I remember you guys baiting Paul Lambert. Uh, when when you had, I think it was Alex McLeish. It was towards the yeah. end of of a season. It might have even been the last home game of the season, um, just before Lambert jumped ship. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's got to be something that's a badge of honour for the for the Villa fans, knowing that if you're watching your games away on Sky or whatever, um, you can you can always hear your boys and girls singing.
1: It's something that. I think was definitely developed in our ill-fated season under, under um, well, actually, I suppose we had a couple of ill-fated seasons, as you mentioned there, with but we were treading water in the Premier League last time with Alex McLeish. And then, uh, yeah, Paul Lambert came in and we had a bit of a buoyancy, but then we began to slip down to the lower ends of the table again and so on. But, uh, yeah, it was something whereby the fans kind of said, let's make let's make the most of this, you know, because we were on a trajectory, a downward trajectory. And I think, you know, when, uh, when Remy Gard came in and when, Tim Sherwood was there, and when really God, get, I forgot about him. Yeah, I, t- I think a lot of people want to forget about him as well. Uh, it was that was a turbulent time in Aston Villa. There was so much going on behind the back backroom scenes there with Tom Fox and Randy Lerner, and and the fact that basically the the club was cut adrift, and it was a case of just we want rid. The owners just wanted rid and they weren't too they weren't too worried about what happened to the club. If the club had had uh, no, they'd wanted to keep it afloat, obviously, because it was a saleable asset. And then they obviously sold it to Tony Zha. But um after that then Tony Zha didn't even didn't really care whether the, the club stayed afloat. It was that was that was a really turbulent and more even more turbulent time. But getting back to what you were saying about the fans, I think there was a case of, you know, when after the Martin O'Neill era when we had we were realistically pushing for a top four place until man city came along with their multi-millions and after that we were kind of a case of okay let's rebuild and as we started to fall down the truth league i think the fans were like you know what we're very proud of our team we're second city in in the in the uk and we're going we've got a really nice traditional stadium and we're going to fill this place and we're going to we're going to sing as loud as we possibly can yeah as you say there is a, a big traveling support and some of their songs may not be particularly pg but um but uh, you'll always get a good, uh, a good rendition of a few uh, of a few laddish songs when the Villa come around. Yeah, to,
0: but to... you mentioned uh, you mentioned the um, Villa Park. That is a proper stadium, uh, and uh, not to be too friendly to to people who were playing at the weekend. But uh, I hadn't been before, and I, I was I was really chuffed that I got the opportunity. Um, and also, it's it's now one of the one of the uh, the growing number of grounds that I've seen us win um a lower league trophy at <laughs> um mm-hmm. and and it was it was it was an amazing atmosphere, prop, it's a prop, proper, proper ground. Um and, and so there's much respect for, for the fans, but also for, for the size of the club, it must be interesting. It's almost it has to have been a re education for Villa. Um it, it would seem from the outside, looking at the you know the, the honor role from winning the FA cup in 86, 87 of, you know, to, you know, over a century ago to, to winning, um, charity shields, European cups, super cups, uh, etc. It's that, that's a proper football club with, with real, you know, with over a century's worth of being one of the best teams in, in England. Now a team like Norwich, we we're in and out of the premier league since, you know, football was invented in 92, 93. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, we, we, we didn't even troll the top flight until the second half of the of, of last century. so. We're we're kind of we're very comfortable with going up and down and, and and the roller coaster that comes with that. Whereas with Villa, that's more of a seems to be much more of a recent thing. Is do you think that maybe with it goes hand in hand with the atmosphere being a little bit a bit better now? Whereby instead of being really really angry that you don't win every week, you've learned you've had to learn through some bad ownership or, or leadership at the club. You've had to learn to be really really grateful for for the good stuff you get. <laughs>
1: Um. Yes and no. I think you know, with the, the fan base being as uh, as as big, Villa uh, as big a fan base and as, as kind of like spread out a fan base, I suppose as Villa has. Now, obviously, you're going to have a lot a lot of it would be um would be would be very localized fan base and stuff like that. But it is it is quite a quite a big, well supported club. You're obviously going to have your people who are really really expectant you know and it's like well we're Aston Villa we do what we want as the song goes you know for nearly every team sings that song we do what we want but you know obviously there is there is a kind of a re-acclimatization and, and a recalibration kind of should be going on at the moment as I said and uh, as I've said kind of true this year building unbeaten streaks of draws is going to be the key and that's what I mentioned that's what my feeling is that this game against Norwich you know if you build if you build a two draws or three draws in a row, you go from not having won. Well, you, you can change the narrative from maybe not having won in four to not having lost in three, you know, and there's this kind of different mentality ways of thinking of it. So our fan base, yes, we're still expecting. And like, they obviously, I think both fan bases would be expecting to win this on Saturday. And it should be one that it should, it should be a cracker of a game. You know, it should be, it should be a really, really great game. Um, and I think that if Villa didn't win, there would be, it would be an overarching sense of, of disappointment, I think, considering we've had leads against Burnley, lost the lead, and we've had leads against Arsenal, we've lost the lead. If we go, if we go to a three, uh, if we go to kind of three games in a row with regards to that, I think there could be a kind of a few people that would be um, maybe going from the optimistic side to the pessimistic side, pretty pretty quicker pretty much quicker than I, I would have expected so it's uh yeah but it, you're dead right there is a kind of a recalibration of expectations i think that need to happen or that have has been slowly happening over the over the course of our time in the championship and since we've moved up to the premier league
0: what about dean smith he's he, i've i've read in a couple of places that maybe he's already lost some of his um aura from 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 the fact that you've not exactly hit the ground running with results so it, how how safe is he if you were to lose on saturday and 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 you know you're unbeaten or your 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 lack of a win stretches on a bit longer
1: i would be gutted to see dean smith go i think dean smith is the most he's the, it's the first time in years that we've actually had a coach over our team and you guys will know what it's like to have a coach over your team that can instill a mindset I think it's very premature to be talking about anything like that. Some fans you do hear say, oh, Dean Smith's out of his depth. Go in and get Mourinho. There have been a few people who have said that, which, like, realistically, if, if, if my camera was on, you could see it. I've got this very kind of a, yeah, right, kind of a face on at the moment. Dean Smith is a coach. That's what we need at the moment. We need an identity. We need to be well-drilled, and we can be. When you bring in 11, 12 players in the, in the, in the offseason, it's going to take time. No matter what happens, it's going to take time. Our defence has been pretty well marshaled. What it has been is just basically it's the confidence factor that we need. And I think Dean Smith can get that. He's a fan. He gets the club. He gets everything around the club. You don't get too many decent coaches that are fans of your football club unless you're maybe Liverpool, United or whatever. Or maybe you see it in other, in other leagues around the world. And we're, I, I, for one, think we're, we're very lucky to have a proper coach in the, in the mould of like, he could be like a Sean Dyce, he could be like a, uh, an Eddie Howe, he could be, you know, he could be like you guys. We could. I want to build something. We've, we've had merry-go-rounds at managerial positions and, you know, there's people who've come in for their payday. And we mentioned Remy Gard. Remy Gard didn't have a clue what he was doing, he just, just didn't. Um, and we've had Roberto Di Matteo, didn't particularly know what he was doing. We had Tim. Tim Sherwood, there you go. There's a guy who can give you a rousing speech and pretty much nothing else. In his gile. In his gile, exactly. In pretty much nothing else. And to be honest with you, he's shown that since he's become a pundit. People look at him and go, Oh my god, did he actually really just say that? You know? So there's 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 horses for courses. And I think that sometimes you gotta you gotta you gotta kind of look through the wood to see what's actually happening i think dean wood our dean, dean Wood, dean smith is yeah. uh, is definitely um he's definitely one he should be one for the long road and and you know even if the the un the un the unimaginable happens and for the maybe you know go down in the blaze of glory this year you know it's not a case of continually changing managers that has to stop at some stage because
0: to- yeah I was just just looking the odds are 16 to 1 um he's come he's now the sixth favorite um to to go first yeah. um at the moment but um yeah it was, it was, like I say there's a couple of things i read um i think it was on the athletic about um uh, about about some some Villa fans being disgruntled about what you were talking about earlier that you don't see you've strengthened and spent a lot of cash, um, but but there maybe isn't that that grit and determination to see out games and maybe that Premier League, um, uh, sort of didn't, knowing the nuances of the league and a bit of nous to, to 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 see our games and it's something that that the Norwich are, are sorely lacking. However, we didn't think that we'd fix that. We didn't spend loads of money yeah. on fixing that so we we knew that our team were going to have to learn you know we've been we've been given loads and loads of premier league debuts um and and so so realistically it's 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 it, w- w- there's no room for us to be disappointed we're very happy to be along for the rise um and many of the fans are you know knee jerk when when we don't get a good result and when we don't get a good performance but um, i think our team is still figuring figuring ourselves out we we know that we are um hopelessly um susceptible to conceding sloppy goals um we you don't need to give away a stupid penalty at palace um and and yes we then went on to have a good 20 30 minute spell end of the first half, start of the second half where we were creating chances. But realistically, if you shoot yourself in the foot and you go 1-0 down against a team mm-hmm. like Palace who have been in the Premier League for ages and have got a squad full of people who know how to kill the game and just say, yeah, you play your pretty football you want in front of us, but we're going to yeah. resist, you know, um, hold you to, to longer shots, etc." Then, then you just can't give away opportunities like that. And, you know, if you get lucky, like we did in, in, at times against Man City and, and Aguero misses two sitters, um, or rather um, Raheem Sterling hits the post and, and, and Aguero misses a couple, then, yeah, on your day, you might get lucky and you won't get punished. But as you said earlier in the pod, you normally do get punished for those mistakes in the Premier League. And uh, our, our boys know that, everyone knows that, but we are still not necessarily uh, quite clever enough about how, how we go about setting our stall out. So so, so looking ahead to the game on, on Saturday, um, personnel-wise, can you see many changes from... Um, From the from your last outing,
1: I think the only change we'll see is, and it's it's going to be an area that you guys will most likely target is um, the fact that we don't have Matt Target at left back. Most likely, he's going to be out, pull the hamstring, and that was the turning point against Burnley. We were very much so in control. He gave us a good attacking platform, but he was also strong. Burnley's big, strong uh, strike force of Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes, and then when Jay Rodriguez came on as well in the second half, they were. They were kind of notified. Matt target's a tall lad, and um, he was able to deal with stuff through the air, and he was also able to bomb forward on the left hand side as well. He went off with a hammer injury. Neil Taylor came on. Neil Taylor is about five foot seven, five foot eight, and he was he was caught under the ball. Just big man, small man in the air, kind of challenge against Jay Rodriguez for the first goal. Um, and I think that's going to be the that that's probably going to be the only change. Potentially, they may bring Douglas Louise in in midfield to add a small bit more bite uh, away from home. But I think you're going to see. If if I was to if I was a betting man, I would say the same back four. Obviously, minus Matt target Neil Taylor in at left back, so you'll have Goulburn, Mings, Engels, and um, and 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 Taylor. You would have uh, maybe I would say I would probably say Douglas Louise and Nakamba would be two holding midfielders. Uh, who else is? Oh my God! I'm going completely bank Oh yeah, John McGinn, obviously the man, yeah. the main man for Villa at the moment, who's uh, basically unstoppable. You guys, I don't know. I, I just absolutely love him, and and anybody who listens to our podcast will 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 know he just does everything. He is a nuisance in the field. He's he could, and I genuinely feel he could play for any team in the world. He's just he's you just see him play, and he's. He's just so much different to everybody else in the field. Everybody talks about Grealish being uh, being the heartbeat and being the 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 talisman. Man, you take you you take uh, John McGinn out of that team and that team lacks. It becomes very pedestrian very quickly. He's fantastic.
0: I tell you what, we we, I don't know that many Norwich fans that rate Grealish that highly. Um, Having played him a few times, he seems to have had an off day every time we've we faced him. Now I I don't believe in talking things up, so yeah, he might get out exactly. But um, I, I think that what we what we hear is a lot of hype, and whenever we've whenever we've actually faced him, he seems to have one of his sulkier days you know he has he has a bit more of a toys out of a pram a day i remember uh, the home game last season, the championship he squared up to grant hanley which which wasn't very sensible um, and he very, very quickly sort of back down uh, from that. Uh, and and yeah likewise i think um, I, I think he might have actually been left out of the the game at the end of last season i don't think he even played because you, like you said before um we we pressed record you rested a few i think you were resting a few players because you'd just made it into the playoffs and you were getting yeah. ready for, for for your west brom
1: mm-hmm.
0: um uh, humdinger of a, of a pair of semi-finals they were superb yeah. I, I really enjoyed really enjoyed those um wasn't as funny as, as, as Leeds, obviously uh but it was, it was still it was still pretty good um cool so in terms of a prediction for for saturday then um i can't even tell you who's going to be fit enough to start so yeah. i mean our uh, we will score because we always score at home um we will concede because we're in our city and we can't defend i mean that's not true we you know two of our best players are our defenders and, you know, we've got goalkeeping injury crisis. God knows who's going to be between the sticks. Um, you know, first, yeah, that's set. an
1: interesting one because yeah. uh, Tim Krul is out and, 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 yeah. and
0: then Fear, and Fearman went out as, as well. So we've got, so is it likely we've, we've, to be we've got much, hundreds much McGovern? of, it will be McGovern. Yeah. Um, and, and he is a, apparently a really good lad and that is all <laughs> anyone can say about it you know he, he is a he's a good lad he's a good squad squad god guy uh, a good squad guy good teammate Um, and uh, but realistically you're, you're not you're not intending on starting any Premier League um games with, 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 with Michael McGovern uh, what and, is and
1: your, what where's your defence probably potentially could your defence lineup? because looking at it you know as you mentioned Jamal Lewis you've got uh, and Godfrey is, our, is
0: pretty much our best player
1: and is he he's he's back though isn't he he's going to be back for the weekend
0: yeah but ben Godfrey's not gone anyway uh, he he's um ben godfrey has been a rock um but we you know we're missing closer. we're missing zimmerman yeah. um aaron's came back but maybe looked like he came back a bit too soon um at the the weekend against palace um uh, Sam Byron has actually played really well. Uh, the guy we got from West Ham, he yeah, has actually played really fair. well when, when he filled in for Max. Um, and that, that was a bit of a su- surprise as to how smoothly he kind of clicked in after a serious kind of knee surgery and, and a long time out. I think mm-hmm. it was knee, maybe ankle. But um, yeah, so defensively, we've got some good players, um, and but we, we, will, we will concede. So um, it's definitely not going to be a nil involved. I mean the the Newcastle game for example we managed to concede to them and that they are the worst Premier League team I have ever seen at Carrow Road I mean they literally look like they'd never met each other before they were you you haven't played Newcastle yet have you? No No there you go you'll get a win there because they are Awful. I mean, they are. Well, awful. their their
1: manager is their manager. Obviously, being Steve Bruce, we know how awful the type of football he plays. So, uh,
0: but ironically, yeah. his his whole thing there was that he was going to start playing a more expansive style. But Benitez had told them for the previous two years, you can't have an expansive style because we're not good enough to play it. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of what Benitez had said had said as a kind of get out of jail free club. I mean, that 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 you know, that is a clown car of a club. Um so I I mean it's basically them plus two others for for relegation. But yeah, go to, going back to, to Saturday and, and a prediction. I uh, I'm always confident at home um against anyone that isn't the big guns, especially bearing in mind we can beat the big guns. Maybe Patrick Roberts gets a start uh at home and uh can can link up with, with Brendia and, and create some magic. Poofy will obviously yeah. score because you know it's another day of the week. So um <laughs> I will uh, I Can I ask though, a question yeah.
1: before your prediction? Would yeah. uh, obviously be an Irish, and this being a be an Irish-based podcast, we have huge hopes here in Ireland for Adam Adam Ida. Oh right, yeah. What uh, What are your views? On him? Does he like? Would there be a case of of him making the bench the weekend? Um, he's like yes. the Irish setup are very high on him we've got some really good strikers coming through coming through the lines at as in ireland at the moment and uh he's definitely somebody that people are salivating over but what are your views on him
0: Well, he had a great summer didn't he for you, for, for you guys internationally um in, in the whichever youth level he was playing at and on the 21s was it he, uh he went away i know in the summer um and, and scored a penalty and, and, and got good plaudits he has spoken yeah. of really really highly around coney um they've uh, uh, in terms of having actually seen him in norwich it's hardly happened so i can't I can't give you reassuring yes he's the future of, of <laughs> irish football um because I, I just haven't seen him enough to, to to be able to run my eye over him um but but the the uh, it, it speaks volumes for the lad that we didn't go out and get a feel that we needed to to get another another body in, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we, it's not like we'd already spent loads of money elsewhere and we couldn't afford to. We, we didn't spend very much at all other than increasing, uh, increasing contracts for, for the lads that got us to the, to yeah. the, to the Premier League. Um, so when, uh, when he was told, actually you won't be with the 23s, you, you are going to be a fully fledged first team squad player this year. Mm-hmm. um, that clearly was a big vote of confidence that the guys at Colney think that he can play the right way. But I think the positive thing for you guys, um, in the Irish fans, is the schooling that he will be getting from... I mean, let's have it right. There, there, there are no other strikers in Europe in the last calendar year in better form than Puky. So he's watching him finishing and training day in, day out. Um, he is uh, getting coached to play beautiful football. He's being coached to play possession football... Um, the way that yeah. any any fantastic uh, Europe, leading European club wants to play. Um, so if he were to graduate and ideally for the Irish setup, he will he will graduate and become, um, he will obviously go to a bigger club because then he'll be playing with better players and et cetera. So that'll be better for Ireland. Then he, he's more likely to do that having come through at Norwich than say a Burnley um, mm-hmm. or, or somewhere that are maybe a bit more... Um, agricultural with the way they get the ball forward because he, <laughs> he is, he isn't just a big lad. He, he clear, if he couldn't play the our brand of technical uh, football, making any really intelligent runs off the shoulder in behind, there's no way that he would still be in the 23s because there was no reason to rush him forward into the first team. So, um, the, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the coaching staff at Norwich, you know, with the pedigree they've got from Dortmund, etc they know about bringing through young yeah. players and, um, they, they clearly think very highly of him, so I can't personally. You know, you, you should take their opinion over mine. Um, that they, they obviously feel that he's fit to, to to be on the bench. Now he may well get a place on the bench on Saturday purely by virtue of how few players we got fit. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, the he's an example. Any academy product that gets into your team the fans just take to them that much more. I and mean, we've got Todd Cantwell scoring goals against Chelsea and Man City. We've got, uh, you know, we've got um, Godfrey who, okay, we bought him in um, and, and and kind of loaned him out a bit, but he feels like one of our own. Cause he's so young when he made, made his first breakthrough, same as um, Maxi and, and, uh, and uh, Lewis, um, they, they came through and, and made their senior appearances for, for, for us first. And that, you know, their Academy products. So, we're really fortunate that we've had some fantastic young players work out for us, and you know, look at the money we've made from from Madison, look at the money we've made from the Murphy yeah. twins. Um, it's it, it just it goes to show that that is the model that works. And again, the good news for the Irish setup is that he is likely to get games and, and get time and be in around the squad because. Let's have it right. Norwich need to to sell him for a few million, um, hopefully in a couple of couple of windows time, um, because he's he's made, managed to come on, grab a few Premier League um, assists or, or goals or what have you, and and and, and put himself in the window. I so, I mean, I would certainly rate him personally higher than Skrabinny, who's the the lad who's in front of him, um, and and that's that's not, not necessarily fair to Skrabinny, but I, I've seen Skrabinny play, and short of one kind of twenty minute game. Changing performance at Birmingham away um, at the start of last season, it, he he looks incredibly ordinary to me. Uh, so I, I think I think there's every chance that Ida could at least you know by January he could well be our our third choice forward behind um, Dermot. Who to be fair hasn't pulled up any trees yet at all. However, however he has been injured. He looked he was on fire in pre-season, Josip Dermic. Mm-hmm. Swiss international, yeah,
1: has good pedigree. Good yeah. pedigree from he, scored he scored at World Cups.
0: He scored at World Cups, and he's still quite young. Uh, he's another one who, very you know, uh, low risk, high reward. In that he's had a, a, a bad injury, etc. So it, it, he'll be an, he'll be another team with pooky star bargain if he if he comes right. Uh, but, but to be yeah. honest, again, he, he hasn't pulled up any trees when he has come on. So therefore, Adam, I, if if Adam Ida was going to pick any club to to be at and be on the fringes of, Norwich's is the one, especially because. They all might have some kind of, you know, bubonic plague or something, and and end up <laughs> he might end up getting in, in on the pitch because of that. Yeah, cool. Exactly. So we we have a tradition on the Long Come Norwich podcast of um, challenging our guests to a quiz. The way it works, Neil, is you've got one minute to answer um, six questions from a, a Norwich and Aston Villa oh, um, background. Now it's going to be a test of your <laughs> trivia. Um, but I believe in you uh, so uh, I did oh think God, about putting some does. Paul McGrath stuff in there but I felt that that would be too much of a specialist subject for you so uh, <laughs> use your passes wisely because we'll come back to any that you that you've missed out on Jesus, um, can
1: I, will I be the first person that passes in all six if it happens uh, or, no uh... one's
0: ever passed an all six but we'll, but we'll <laughs> go back so um, there's, a, there's a few that I think you can there's a few I think you'll get quickly so your time Neil starts now who scored Villa's goal in the 2-1 home defeat to the Canaries, last game of last season? Oh, Jesus. Um, I've,
1: I can't remember what happened last week. Pass.
0: Uh, who started oh, in goal the last time, for Villa the last time these two teams met in the Premier League? It was 2016.
1: Oh, in the Premier League. 2016.
0: Incorrect. Which Villa defender was sent off against Norwich at Villa Park in 2012? <laughs> he only made 24 starts for Villa that's a naughty one
1: um, I'm going to go with Matthew Loughton incorrect which
0: which current Villa player was on loan at Norwich and West Ham from Arsenal before finally signing for Villa
1: Norwich West Ham from Arsenal before uh,
0: midfielder uh, oh god did have long hair don't think he does now
1: <laughs> it's not good to me <laughs> <In> That's <past. laughs> okay
0: uh, who was the first Villa player to score for England in the final stages of the World Cup
1: oh Jesus Christ I'll oh, let you oh, have a guess uh,
0: a great England player great yeah, England the correct there you go oh, One out of six. You I
1: didn't get zero
0: <laughs> no you didn't get zero I, um, I, I, I don't usually do have started so I finished but um, on this on this occasion a couple of them were, were tricky we'll go through the ones that we'll go through the ones that, that you passed on um so Khadija got the goal and oh, yeah, <clears throat> he has actually scored against us two or three times going back at the previous fixtures. Yeah. Uh, Mark Bunn was in goal for Villa Mark the last Bourne time the team met. wasn't Yeah. He? Then there was uh, Joe Bennett was the lad. He ended up at Cardiff. Oh, he was the guy who yeah, only made 24 starts for Villa. Was the last, I was looking for the last red card. The reason being that you've had seven red cards in the last 17 league games that you've played going back to last season, which is mad. So wow. almost one every two games. Um, yeah, yeah. And I was going to ask you who the first Villa player to be sent off in that run was, and that was in April against Rotherham. Didn't get a chance to ask you that one.
1: Yeah.
0: It's scum, Tyron Mings. Um, and then Henry Lansbury. Is, he's generous. He's, he's, <laughs> he's scum. He will always be scum. Um, the, the former Villa player, no, sorry, the current Villa player who was on loan at Norwich and West Ham from Arsenal was Henry Lansbury. Oh, that's correct. We loved that's him. Correct. We loved him at Norwich.
1: And um, you know what? He's actually, he has carved out a nice, he's carved out a niche in this Dean Smith team because he was kind of the forgotten man who was a case of, they tried to make him a box-to-box midfielder in the previous managers. And what Smith has done is he's brought him in and said, you know what? Do your fancy stuff. Be, be Jack Grealish. If you want to be Jack Grealish, we'll put you out in the right wing. Or we'll put you kind of in that kind of John McGinn role and we move John McGinn back into kind of a more defensive midfielder role. We bring him he's a twenty-minute player and he's 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 laid up a couple of games that he's come on. And to be honest with you, you know, even going back to to that uh crystal uh, that Crystal Palace game where um where obviously that VAR goal which you know, the Jack Jack Relish was, was yellow-carded for the dive that wasn't a dive. And the ball fell to Henry Lansby and he stuck it away perfectly, you know. He's been, he's quietly, quietly forging a nice little niche market for himself. And you, you could see him come on for the last 15, 20 minutes of the weekend if he's if he's over his injury troubles.
0: Well, he's been back with us a couple of times. I think he might have played, played at our place when he was at West Ham, actually. But he has been back a couple of times with Forrest. Um, and, he, and he always gets a good reception because he's a, he's, a, he's a he was a, you know he didn't he played a part a small part when things weren't necessarily brilliant for us um, and uh, he, he was kind of one of a, a series of loan signings that actually did work out nicely and he wasn't there very long but he did put a shift in and I think a lot of us were disappointed we, we didn't manage to get a permanent deal yeah, done yeah. Um, but anyway um, thanks so much Neil it's been really really good uh, talking uh, what's your I'm going for a two one home win Saturday what's your prediction?
1: I'm going to go with, I'm going to get a, get a reputation for this, but I'm going to go with a one-all draw. I've, I've predicted a one-all draw, I think, the last four games in a row. As I say, I'm very much of the opinion whereby Villages need to get off the of of losing games and they need to get an unbeaten run going. I know it might be a winning run, but an unbeaten run for confidence. And I think a one-all draw away at Norwich would be uh, Would be good. I I think this, I think this could be a humdinger I really do. I think this could be end to end stuff uh, on Saturday. But um, two well marshalled defences, even though they seem to concede at with at times, they are a pretty stout and resolute defence. And you know, um, Bjorn Engels is someone to look out for himself. And means of a nice t- partnership together. But um, yeah, I've got to go one all.
0: Magic. All right. Thanks very much, Neil. No problem at all. Thank you so much, Sam.